Hello, everybody. My name is Gary Fallon. It's great to be here today for another exciting edition of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech, and I'm your host, Gary Fowler. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been involved in 17 startups and two unicorns. I was on the original management of Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also Eva.ai, an AI HR tech company that I co-founded with Dr. David Yang. I'm the CEO, co-founder, and president of GSD Get Shit Done Venture Studios, premier AI and quantum venture studio located in Palo Alto, California. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities aren't, and we are here to make a difference. So with that, I'd like to introduce an incredible guy from India, Vikrant Varshney. Vikrant is the guru of startups uh, with Succeed Innovation Fund. He's a venture capitalist, angel investor, innovation ecosystem enabler, and startup mentor in Hyderabad, India. So with that, I'd like to... Hi, Vikran. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Gary. Um, glad to be here. Sorry, my voice won't be able to be best today. I'm running some throat infection, but I'll try to match it up with my content and make it interesting for your audience. No, that's great. So tell me a little bit about it. So I see that... Um, you went from uh, the International Management Institute, IMI. You got your MBA. Where was uh, Aligarh um, University? Where is that located? It's a, it's a famous university uh, up north in India. Um, mm -hmm. It's called Aligarh Muslim University. It was uh, founded by Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan. Uh, pretty old and historic, pre-independence. You know, it's recently celebrated its 100th anniversary. Um, so I'm proud to have done my engineering BTEC from there. Um, and after that, I, I went through my own corporate journey for uh, 20 odd years, kept doing my, my you know, skill upgrade wherever I could possibly do. So did my MBA from IMI and my, I also did a few couple of executive courses from ISB, Indian School of Business, which is pretty famous, uh, you know, in India. And... Um, I had a I had a large uh, corporate stint uh, with large banking and financial services firm uh, for little over two decades. You were a senior systems analyst at G Capital, EXL Services. You spent uh, a couple of years there. Fidelity International Global. I mean, what was the difference? What when you were going down through that? It's twenty years. It's a long time to be in the system, if you will. What did you find? What made you decide to want to get into the startup ecosystem? So I had been in corporate side for, you know, as we were saying, for a little over two decades, and I had seen my journey. I had always been somebody who would want to do a little more than what my job was defining. Uh, so I started to pick up things early. Uh, when Y2K was happening and about to happen, that was the time when I was in G Capital and I I asked to become the part of the Y2K team to resolve the issues uh, early enough. And that created my beginning in the business quantity and disaster recovery area. Uh, my interest grew and then 9-11 happened. That interest grew further. And I saw that as an opportunity in the corporate domain. To be, to be honest, I was the first certified resource in, way back in 2003 in a population of a billion dollars. Billion and plus, you know, population country size. And that gives you a kick. That... Y2K, is that what it was? Sorry. That... What are you first certified? 
first certified uh, you know continuity resource in india uh, way back in 2003 uh, wow. and that was pretty new in uh, for india uh, we didn't have too many continuity professionals uh, y2k and 911 actually created the the importance of it many of the large firms were actually going through it services and offshoring industry that time to india and that's why everybody started to work on that um, so i i got part of that team started to create my own certifications became early and that's where it started my journey in the risk management domain uh, that's how i started to work with each of these companies uh, and i i did start to work with not just with my own companies but industry at large because we realized most of these issues cannot be handled in silos uh, that created the spirit for me to work with industry so i'll create local chapters called 60 70 companies in the city or in the region and start to work and plan collectively and that's where in 2006 and 7 um i got an industry personality year award in london uh, which was probably the first time when an asian was recognized at a global level other you know earlier than that it was never a forte for those professionals that gave me a kick that if i'm doing something you know industry is voting for me and is cheering me up uh i kept growing in those journeys um uh, kept working for larger role relocated also in different parts of the world uh fidelity was obviously asset management company uh, did risk management roles for them i think the longest stint i've had with with hsbc where i worked for close to 9 and 1/2 years uh, lived in mexico for a couple of years uh which was very exciting to work for risk management domain in latin america south well, america how was that? What, what city were you living in I was in Mexico City, Ciudad de México, as they call was it. Was it safe, Fikrat, down there? How was it, what was it like? Yeah, it it was incredible. We actually took I mean went with my family and everyone loved it. Uh my daughter still preferred to live in Central America and South America given a choice. Yeah, so we had a good time. And obviously when you go in an expat package, you are taking care on some of those issues. Uh and and there are a lot of good safe pockets also. but when you go from other emerging countries you are in any case pretty sensitive to how to protect yourself and take care of it so it was pretty normal for us and by the so sheer what would you do vikram what would you do like on the weekend you're in mexico city what did people do for fun oh there is lot to do as a touristic activity there is lot of cultural activities that you can explore if you are if you are bent towards that several uh, several uh, you know uh, museums uh, but otherwise for us you know it was so much to explore uh, when you go there uh, with family obviously you have family schedules also but we also had long break weekends and most of those long weekends we would drive go to a different cities they call playas like you know the beaches many beautiful beaches so we had a good great uh, two years time uh, and uh, after that we moved you know to hong kong and london so obviously those are very very different cities Oh my god, uh, how did you go from Mexico to London? I remember I lived in London for a while. It was like yeah. you know, it was a good day was when there was a little bit of dusty rain, you know. <laughs> yeah. People my daughter my, my, lay out and, you know. Yeah, my kids, you know, did not like the cold weather and they would always say that, you know, you can leave us in India and go there because I would travel 34 weeks a year. Uh so wow. with so much travel, uh you know, they said why bring us here for a few weeks only? when we would be together if otherwise most of the time you're traveling so i did my corporate stint large corporate roles uh to an extent you know i i i would have management of risk with around 5 billion dollar per annum of capex and opex that kind of portfolio size uh 
uh-huh. uh, and uh, when you are in the in the corporate role there is obviously a large scale that you handle uh, there are large teams i had pnl responsibility global uh, you know teams spread over 35 locations in one time 65 countries in other role so i had done a lot of those flavors as well uh, but over a period of time you also realize that you know most of these roles become pretty similar with limited incremental learning from one role to another you do it because you <clears throat> you get decent salary coming your way month on month through a check which takes care of your 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 loans and debts uh, but after that uh, you know it stops exciting you beyond a point and that's where i had a reflection i use christmas time most of the most of the years i've been using christmas time as a reflection time for me Uh, we won't have let's say as much celebration during the christmas window so it's a quiet time for us and that's where we would do financial review professional review personal review and feel you know what where am i heading and uh, way back in 2014 i i kind of looked at it and realized that okay i think i've done decent on corporate journey time for me to switch gears uh, i i saw myself growing through an s curve in life where i had grown and saturated Uh, and if i had not changed i would probably have also started to see a decline mm-hmm. and that's where uh, i i first of all you know cleared my debt consolidated my assets became debt free and that's where you can take risk in life right uh, oh, yeah. so i i i i initially agreed with my manager that it's not a bad thing and having a lot of money is you know <laughs> yeah when and when you work for a decent financial services firm you know you're paid and taken care to a certain extent that you can take a break so i agreed with my manager that i'll take a corporate sabbatical it's not very common in india to take sabbatical uh, you normally don't get back your job when you come back or you want want to come back so it's a struggle so when i was taking that step a lot of people were doubting on my ability to judge that situation well but i in any case didn't want to be in two boards uh, and for me to decide what would be my professional journey for 15 odd years i had to move out of that s curve in life so this is the second journey and i wanted to start from scratch so i took 6 months off looked at what was happening around and i realized that there was so much happening in the in the academic incubators tech incubators that we had created with all the best in class technology institutions in india some of them you would have heard IITs or triple IITs uh, these are these are very famous technology institutes from india or even management institutes like iim and they all have now incubators where they are guiding mentoring supporting startups uh, so what you saw in valley you know 15 20 years back is actually happening a lot in you know in detail in india in last 5 7 years and um, and i didn't want to lose out an opportunity to be part of that journey uh, so this is a opportunity for me to to get associated with that wave if i may use that word and contribute to the wave right i don't want to be sitting on the fence so initially i started to become a mentor and advisor to some of the companies in the formative year based on our experience then started to invest in few companies and gradually you know that took me into a full fledged angel investor from angel investor to a to a person who created an angel network of you know 160 odd people you know like a club which you will go call in in your parlance then we created a small fund with triple it hyderabad as an institute uh, and had very successful you know investment journey with them many exits in a very short time frame which gave us a good confidence 
to a point now that we have a full-fledged fund. So we are now a regulated fund, uh, you know, with the regulated uh, bodies, and, and we run like a security entity investing into early-stage startups. Happy to answer any point where you would like me to. Oh, no, that's it. great. So what's the biggest success that you've had through your uh, angel network? In our angel network and IIIT seed fund that we had created, we we saw uh, you know I'll I'll take an example let's say of IIIT seed fund uh, uh, we entered into companies when they were in their formative stages right uh, pre revenue many of them would be at an MVP stage some of them could even be at an ideation stage when they will come to an incubator and and ask uh, support from the incubator to to develop create their product so IIIT was requested us to create a fund. Because by the time these companies will bring their product, you know, it would be too late and somebody in the Valley or Israel or other markets would have brought a very similar technology-oriented product sooner in the market. And hence, they would always lose out on the first mover advantage. So the Institute requested us to create the fund so that we could help them create the first MVP sooner and also create the commercial connect with the market so that when they're bringing a product, it's fit for market and fit for customer rather than a very academic product. And, and that's why we, we created that early fund. And interestingly, we were putting very small amount. I'll just to give you a context, anywhere between $50,000 to $100,000 mm-hmm. in a company. And that's good enough for them to bring a, a reasonable MVP in the market. Mm-hmm. And once the clients you know, start to see the, the product and what it will do, they will get a lot of capital flowing in from that point onward. And we saw within... Two and a half years, six out of 10 companies from our portfolio actually gave us exit. Many of them initially gave us simple exits of 8x, 5x, 4x within two years, which was reasonable and and, uh, very comforting. Then we started to see larger acquisitions by by the deck accounts and unicorns in the space. And we started to see 26x, 46x kind of return. And those were very, very encouraging. We also realized that in deep tech space, build versus buy decisions are generally tilted towards the buy decision. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when somebody is looking to acquire a company in the deep tech space, uh, there is always a factor of time that data sets get trained over a period of time. So when they would have to consider the acquisition vis-a-vis building that platform at their own end, they have sufficiently large team. But even if they will create a similar product, they will take three to four years for the product to again come to that level. And that's where, you know, those decisions will always go in favor. So, which is where it gave us confidence that, you know, if we are backing deep tech companies in early stage, it's a good area to support. Uh, A lot of this capital could also be recycled and we'll see a, you know, a cascading growth of that return on investment too. So, and we are very happy uh, with our new fund, Innovation Fund. Uh, we again focus purely on that category. And in last one year, we have already evaluated around 1,400 odd deals which came to us. Uh, so we are a thriving ecosystem in India. And so out of the 1,400, well, how many do you think out of the 1,400, Vikram? Most of them are deep tech. Most of them have a deep tech component. But what part, what, out of what percent of those do you invest in? So out of 1,400 uh, deals which came our way, we filtered, you know, as a part of several layers of filtering. Uh, We created a sectoral expert layers, which will evaluate it, and then an investment committee structure. 
but 51 of those were approved by investment committee for funding uh, mm-hmm. and out of those 33 have already been remitted and rest of them are going through documentation stage so 51 deals getting cleared in one year uh, you know from investment committee is an incredible number that's great 51 deals out of that okay and so what about your you know you have your greatest success what one was the greatest failure you've had so initially when we were uh, when we were investing in some companies uh, our decision making process our screening abilities were not as detailed <clears throat> our due diligence that time were were not obviously as detailed as we would have been able to and i think everyone commits that initial mistake mm-hmm. so we started to you know to talk to few of the you know friends in the market uh, folks who have done it earlier and started to understand what has been their practice what's the secret sauce how do they actually eliminate uh, an average deal from a good deal and those learnings were very helpful thankfully folks in india are very courteous to each other and extend help so a lot of friends came forward to help and you know give us few inputs and those inputs were handy uh, so if you see our portfolio we have only had six of our companies from uh, a portfolio of uh, portfolio of 65 odd companies have uh, have gone down uh, so that's not a bad ratio to have uh, in nps 6 out of 65 is 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 manageable number uh, there are few companies which are which have uh, winded down during the covid time uh, those were good companies large volumes large gmvs but they purely uh, could not survive uh, lack of cash availability during that time so the funding stopped uh you know investors were not uh, giving series b or series c funding at that time so even series a funded companies uh, started to struggle and which is which is typically not the case in india it's very common in valley for a series a company to not get a series b funding because right. many times in in us you guys start with series a funding in india there are still many steps before series a so by the time a company reaches to a series a generally they are very stable so when we saw one or two companies What's struggling the difference right crown what is the difference what, exactly what what do you see <clears throat> why are they so stable because uh, you know you can you can do much more in india with little capital right uh, it is still a possibility and that's why i think many deals which we attract uh, we can support them with 100000 dollars 300000 dollars that's decent amount for them to bring their product to market what is that considered in india round of funding is that a seed level funding pre-seed yeah seed level funding seed so that's uh, yeah that would be a pre-seed or an angel uh, early angel round here interesting yeah. and then yeah. what's consi- what's an a in india what's a series a how big is that <clears throat> so there is no standard rule uh, but uh, anyone who's raising a anyone who's raising anywhere between 2 million dollar to 5 million dollar would call it as a series a uh, sometimes people started to even call it at uh, lesser than that uh, and that's where we are highlighting that by the time they are raising that kind of capital somebody who's raising 2 to 3 million dollar capital as a series a would have reached to a point that they would be generating a decent amount of revenue a large you know arr and gmv and hence they would be pretty stable uh they would have a burn but they could control their burn to certain extent and not every company would be burn oriented at least in the b2b space there would be many in b2c space where they would have a large burn so we saw 
during covid few companies which closed down were in b2c space where burn was unmanageable and and that's where we didn't have the capital but so yeah those were few experiences but uh, i think the journey has been amazing full of learning and so where are the comp- what what are the steps so what happens after you fund them and they have this regional dominance what do they do next so initially you know i'll i'll give you a, a bit of journey so when we pick it up we pick up you know them from you know incubators when they are in the incubator early stage that's where we fund them with our seed capital and then we work with them guide them and wherever possible we also connect them to accelerators uh, so we have got several tie ups now with accelerators who are sectoral experts sectoral accelerators like a fintech accelerator or a security accelerator or a gaming accelerator or we would have geographical accelerators so if somebody is looking to expand in the us market or in the middle east market then we would have tie up accordingly to help them expand right so we might actually offer some of these company to gsd venture for for you to help them grow in the us market too on the same line sounds great uh, to me vikram you know that we love it we yeah. love it so so once the companies go to an accelerator this is where they start to achieve their very specific performance around revenue uh, arrs few more matrices become very presentable to next round of funding uh, we then start to connect them with downstream fund houses uh, as a part of portfolio showcase uh, and we conduct these portfolio showcase every every 3 to 4 months so that uh, our investors community get an opportunity to see them so we have created a lot of network of uh, you know angel networks micro vc firms which are like a partners they would they would be an opportunity for them to co invest in few deals that we are doing and there are the downstream investors also so downstream investors are the one which would like to then come into a a pre series a or a series a category investment uh, and we assume once they come in picture they would be the ones who will take the company forward and that's how at every stage we hand them over to next level of uh, company to guide them and grow them our job is to ensure that we have sufficient contacts in each layer we don't want to do job of every layer but we want to ensure that we have penetration in every layer so that you know if the company needs support they can uh, just to give you an example uh, very recently india has been going through the shark tank fever we had a shark tank india version uh, and uh, very recently on sony tv uh, are you able to hear me okay yeah i hear you yeah and uh, it became pretty popular uh, it's quite a craze in india to have a shark tank currently i know you guys are having it for last 13 years uh, and it's quite an animated show mm-hmm. uh, but we have had our share also of animation uh, and few aggression on the set two of our companies shortlisted you know out of out of you know 6000 odd which they had you know screened and shortlisted and it was quite a craze uh, the companies when they would get presented if they are in b2c space which they would most mostly pick up would have a huge download you know uh, the the next day when they are getting telecasted to an extent that you know people won't be able to sometime manage volume even when you work with cloud players at the back end to stretch it there is high possibility that those companies would also sometime have you know a, a distributed denial of service attack and stuff like that so you know how to guide these companies in in that meth you know in that 
entire madness and help them grow is is an experience in itself and we are going through all of that collectively many companies are in early stage and we learn with them too also on the way now that's great and listen we're coming up we got uh, a couple of minutes left so what do you what's your you know look let's look over the next year in terms of for indian startups what's your prediction over the next year and uh, also how do people get a hold of you see we had lot of uh, unicorns if lot of people thought you know defining how many unicorns we are producing in a country is a benchmark of success uh, you saw large number of unicorns coming from india in 2021 and in 2022 within the first month itself we have got four or five unicorns already announced and that's fantastic so, so suddenly you know there is a, a you know rush of funding coming in india everybody is bringing their capital to support the indian growth story uh, and we are very happy that we are at the at the right juncture participating in that journey uh, and uh, what i predict for 2020 and 2023 is that that momentum will pick up even further uh we'll continue to have uh you know these records getting broken but i think what would be a good success story for me is one of these companies starting to become global in nature and start to offer product and services which would be appreciated globally as of today many products that we have brought in are still very india centric india itself has a very large consumer base uh, right we are talking about 1.4 billion population so anything that you create for india itself has a very large tam sam som but we are hoping to bet on few companies which after india would also start to expand and offer their you know solutions globally and that would be an epitome of success because we have contributed to the global ecosystem in very different forms in past if our companies would also become known for what we offer and the brand would be not known uh it would be a good idea if you see most of the companies like intel and apple and and google you would always have lots of engineers who would be working to make these companies successful but if you can start to then identify uh the indian companies by their name and start to use them that would be a good uh, benchmark for success for all of us collectively uh how to reach out to us you know every detail is on on uh, on our website we are more than happy for uh, you know any of any of the folks in the us to collaborate with us we are actually launching a a second fund which is a larger fund a dollar denomination fund now and the perspective is that all those guys who wanted to invest in the india growth story we would be happy to have a chat with them uh discuss what their ideas are and we encourage them to participate with us uh because you know we can uh, we can work and create the funnel for them at the at the at the bottom level here we are in the market and those companies could actually be a good companies for for downstream growth back you know in in your respective market so if any of any of the fund houses or corporate vc firms listening to this podcast or this show will be more than happy to have a chat with you if india is in your mind and in your strategy oh, i love that if india is in your mind well it's in all of our minds vikram cuz we know there's an incredible opportunity there You know, look at Silicon Valley. Look at the number of IIT and IIM alumni that are leading companies in the valley. So it's you know the Indian community has done an incredible job of really building uh, technology, and now it's time to really blossom. And you know, it's a springtime; the seeds have been sown, and now it's time to really get out there and show those beautiful opportunities that are out there. And India's got them. So. Vikrant, I want to thank you so much for being on my show today. 
to my audience. My name is Gary Fowler, and I'm the CEO, President, Co-Founder of GSD, Get Shit Done Venture Studios. It's great to have you tuned in today. Tune in again next week for another exciting edition. Next Tuesday, same channel, same time uh, for another exciting edition. See you soon. Stay happy, stay safe, and most importantly, stay healthy. Take care, Vikrant. See you, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,